welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Uh, We're going to continue on in talking about some faith things this morning. Uh, If you were with us two weeks ago, man, this mic, I'm not loving this mic. You want me to switch? Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to open my Bible and then I'm going to swap microphones out here. Uh, If you were with us two weeks ago, we talked about faith. And uh, I think it's an important thing that we need to be focusing on and talking about right now. Um, and we're gonna, I'm going to recap what we talked about a little bit from two weeks ago. Before we jump into that, I want to tell you about why we're going to talk about faith. Um, because I believe that right now we're in a season of life, we're in a season of history where um, the Dylans of the world and the Ethans of the world and the Jakes of the world and the Stevens of the world and the Tylers of the world and the Jeffs of the world need to be using their faith. We talk about faith a lot in the context of a noun. We go to church to practice our faith as a noun, right? This is my faith. My faith is in Jesus. But there is another side of faith where you are required to use your faith. Where God expects you to be actively pursuing him and actively using your faith in your own life, Cherokee. Where you are using your faith for your child. Where you are using your faith for healing. Where you are using your faith on your marriage. Where you are using your faith for anything that you are dealing with. God desires and expects you to be using your faith in those areas of your life. And what we're finding, though, is a lot of people in today's day and age aren't using their faith where we expect somebody else to use their faith for us, or we expect life just to happen, and whatever happens, happens, and and we don't want to use our faith. We don't want to expend energy on our faith. We just want life to go on, and we'll see what happens. There's a movement right now as well where people are deconstructing their faith, where they're breaking down their faith, And they're moving away from the things of the gospel where they're moving away from who Jesus is because of scientific reasons or, well, nobody can really date these manuscripts or this doesn't really line up or that doesn't really line up. And they try and balance what is a faith issue with facts. And you can't reconcile faith with facts all the times. In fact, that's what faith is. That's why we call it faith, because there aren't a lot of facts to balance it with. If you're an accountant, you want to balance the numbers. Oh, man, I used to love, who remembers, who remembers balancing a checkbook? First of all, who remembers what a checkbook is? <laughs> let's, start, let's start there. <laughs> Nadia, you don't know what a checkbook is, do you? I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair answer. <laughs> we used to have checkbooks back in the day. I think my sister actually still carries one around, which I think is hilarious. And she'll, oh, Cheryl has one. (laughs) And so what you used to do was, because we didn't have, like, you didn't have an app where you could look at your bank account online and just see what was in there. You had to record every transaction in there and your additions and your subtractions, and you would balance it. I used to love, because I used to do books for our church back in the day, uh, one of my favorite things to do was to balance the checkbook. And I, listen, I was not done until I could account for every penny in that checkbook. Like, and that was my mission. I tell you what, I honestly, I loved it. I was like on a mission to find, but listen, you can't do that with faith. 
that sometimes your faith just, you have to take things on faith where you don't have all the answers for them. You don't understand them, but you're saying, this is faith and I'm gonna walk in faith. You know, we were singing that song. Jaden, can you put up the, the bridge of Lord Send Revival? We were, it was the second last song we were singing. And I was just, as we were singing it, I was thinking about this bridge and it says, Lord Send Revival, Lord Send It Now. Um, a move of your spirit, heaven break out, right? Um, keep going. A move of your spirit, heaven break. Next, next one says, come now in power, cover this land. You've done it before. Won't you do it again, right? So we're singing these thongs, but here's the thing, okay? As you sing these words, for the spirit of God to break out, for God to move, requires people to be actively using their faith in God to see him move, so we're singing heaven break out. You've done it before, won't you do it again? God, send revival. Send it in our land. Send it in our marriages. Send it in our homes. Send it in my body. Send it in our finances. God, send revival. But it requires for God to work and to move on your behalf. Emily, it requires you to be putting your faith in God, saying, God, I am trusting in you. My hope is in you. My expectation is on you. God, work in my life. I'm putting my faith in you. We haven't even read the Bible yet. This is just all for free. You're welcome. <laughs> Mark 11 is where we're going to go. So open your Bibles to Mark 11. Two weeks ago, we talked about faith. We talked about what faith was. Hebrews 11, verse 1 says in the New King James translation, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things unseen. You see it there on the screen? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. That means in your life, you're going to have to walk in faith at times where you don't see what you are believing God for, but you are going to have to act like you see it. You're going to have to walk forward in what we call in faith. Where I don't see it right now. I don't see this manifestation of the healing that I'm believing God for right now. But I am moving forward. I don't see God opening these doors in my life. But I'm putting my trust and my faith in him. And I am moving forward in faith in Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. In verse 6 it says this. Um, Jaden, put it up there. Do we have it? There we go. Talking about faith. And it says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So three requirements of faith. Number one is that you believe that you can't come to God without faith. Faith is required to go to God. The second thing you see is that um, faith is required to please God. The third thing is that you, faith is required to receive blessings and benefits that come through being in relationship with God. Faith is important to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a requirement. It says right here in chapter 6 or chapter 11, verse 6, that it's a requirement. You've got to have faith in God. So go back to Mark 11 if you're still there. We're going to pick up in verse 12. And I'm going to call today's message, message Fig Trees and Faith. Fig Trees and Faith. So Mark chapter 11, Jesus is going into Jerusalem. Um, and in verse Number 
12 is where we're going to start. Next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off, so he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only uh, leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May nobody ever eat fruit from you again. And the disciples heard him say it. Jesus goes into the temple, and he just has a heyday. He goes in there, and he clears the temple, says, Get this stuff out of here, throws tables over, turns around, and leaves. says in verse 19, That evening, Jesus and his disciples left the city. The next morning, in verse 20, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. Good old Peter. Don't we love Peter? We just love Peter. I want to remind you that this is the last week of Jesus' earthly life on on earth before he goes to the cross. This is the the last week. Okay, and so the disciples have effectively been walking with Jesus for three and a half years at this time, okay? They have seen Jesus heal countless people. They have seen Jesus walk on the water. They have seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle. They have seen the Lord work in miraculous, astounding ways that we could only imagine in our hearts, right? We all understand that? Great. So then moving on, it says, Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree uh, the previous day. And he, he exclaims and he says, look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Like he's shocked. Jesus, remember that time you told that fig tree to die? Guess what? It died. I feel like sometimes Jesus was like, oh my gosh, Peter, yes. You've seen me raise people from the dead. You've seen me take a few pieces of bread and some fish and break them and feed thousands of people. And yet you're still surprised when something like this happens. Yes, Peter was still surprised. He's like, oh, Jesus, look, the trees died. And then Jesus goes on, and this is where we're going to camp today for the rest of our time together. And Jesus says to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth that you can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins too. Most newer translations don't include verse 26, But if you look in the New King James, it does include what we call verse 26. And verse 26 says, But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses or sins. So we're going to look in these few verses here, and we're going to make five points together that we're going to find out of this short passage where Jesus is with the disciples, and he's cursed a tree, the tree has died, and Peter, good old Peter, is surprised by this. And then Jesus begins to give a lesson about what faith is. Okay, are you with me? We're talking about faith because we're living in a day and age where we all need to be actively using our faith. Can I ask this question? And I'm not going to ask anybody specifically what, but are you believing God for anything in your life? In any area? Put your hand up so everybody can see if you are. Okay, so we are all in the same boat. In some way or another, everybody in this room said, I am trusting God for something. Okay? 
So we're going to talk about what faith looks like and what's required of faith. So starting off here, Jesus says to his disciples after Peter makes this great um, realization, the first thing he says is, have faith in God. The first thing I want to tell you about faith is your faith needs to be in the Lord. Make sure your faith is in the right thing. Make sure your faith is in the right place. Don't put your faith in the government. Let me say it this way. Don't put your faith solely in the government. Don't put your faith solely in your job. Don't put your faith solely in people. You can put faith in those things, but at the highest level, your faith needs to be in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, have faith in who? God. That is where your faith is supposed to rest. That is where your faith is supposed to lie. Who am I trusting in? I'm trusting in God. Yeah, I know that I can trust Jacob. I know that I can rely on Jacob. But at the end of the day, when I believe in God for this to work in my life above everything else, now God may use Jacob. God may work through Jacob to help accomplish what's supposed to be accomplished. But above everything else, my faith and my hope rest squarely in Jesus, in God. Have faith in God. Make sure your faith is placed in the right things. We're living in a day and an age, let me tell you this, and, and make sure you're listening, because it's important. People are placing their faith in all sorts of other places. And their soul faith, they're like, I am, I am trusted on this, like I am going broke, and so my faith is in the BC Lottery Corporation, because I know, like, when I win, I'm going to win big. I may be going broke getting there, but I'm going to keep betting on these numbers, my lucky numbers, whatever these numbers are, I'm using these numbers, and I know one day my faith is on the BC Lottery Corporation, and one day, I'm telling you what, one day my boat's going to come in, and all my problems will be solved, and a whole new world of problems will be created. Make sure your faith is in the Lord. If you're believing God for healing, put your faith in the Lord. If you're believing God for restoration and relationships and marriages and family, put your trust in the Lord. If you're believing God for your finances, put your trust in the Lord. If you're believing God for any area that you can think of, you're saying, I gotta trust somebody, I'm gonna trust the Lord is the answer. Who do you trust? Let me hear you say it like you mean it. Who do you trust? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Like, I made you say the Lord. I made you answer that question. But I hope what you're hearing is you need to trust the Lord above everything else in your life. Your trust needs to be in God. Because at the end of the day, he really is the only one that can work and move in your life the way that we need him to work and move. Everything else is just a substitute. Everything else is just a substitute for what God can do. Don't sell yourself short of trusting God and watching him work and move in your life. That's a word for somebody. Because a lot of times, we'll try and solve a problem ourselves when the Lord is wanting to work in our lives to show us his life, show us his truth, show us who he is. And we find a way to solve the problem ourselves. And what we do is we sell ourselves short from what God wants to work inside of us. Trust God. Watch him work. Watch him move. Trust the process and see what happens. So, number one, your faith needs to be in the Lord. Then he says this in verse 23. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown in the sea, and it will happen. Now, I personally believe the Lord is talking both uh, metaphorically 
and physically. Yep, you heard me right. I do believe. Here, here we are talking about Jesus, who is God, who created the universe. I believe that he's talking about metaphorical mountains in our life. I believe that Jesus was saying, hey, there are all kinds of big obstacles in your life. They're as big, a, big as a mountain, and if you just trust in me, then you can move them. I also believe that God was talking, figured it, like, real. Like, there are things that you can do that if you put your trust in me, here's the one who created the heavens and the earth. God can do anything. And if you believe that God can do anything, then God can do anything. We're going to look at this a little more. That was just for free. That's just my own personal belief. I believe God can do anything. My hope is squarely in Jesus Christ, and I believe that he can do anything, both figurative and real. And guess what? You can't talk me out of it. Try as hard as you want. We'll have a standoff. But my trust is in Jesus Christ. But my point here is let's go back and look at this again. He says, tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown in the sea, and it will happen. Your faith is activated by your words. Did you hear me? Your faith is activated by your words. Jesus said, you can say. You can say. (laughs) You can you can say, your faith is activated by your words. Listen, just a few verses, li- literally the day before, what Jesus is telling these people this, the day before, what did Jesus do to the fig tree? Did he run over and kick it a few times? Did he bite it? Did he like mess up the leaves? What did he do to the tree? You spoke to it. Uh, what did um, the Lord do? Let's go way back to Genesis chapter 1. How was the heavens and the earth formed? By spoken word, in the beginning, God said, let there be, and there was. You can go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and over and over again, time and time again, you can see examples of Jesus working and moving in people's lives by saying things. Your faith has a voice. And let me say this. Maybe some of our lives look the way that our lives look because of the things that we say. Maybe our life is a mess because of what we talk about. Maybe our life is a mess because of things that we don't say. Maybe we're not using our faith in our life. Maybe we're allowing things into our life that God is saying, I want you to use your faith to get this out of here. I want you to use your faith to trust in me to help resolve this situation. But instead of using our faith, we just sit back and watch it happen. And so because we're not speaking the right words, we're allowing things to take place that shouldn't be in there. When Jesus said, if you say to this mountain... Open your mouth and speak to the mountains in your life. Open your mouth and begin to use the words that God has put inside of you. Begin to quote scripture to the mountains in your life. Begin to say, this is what the Bible says. 
No, my marriage is not going to look like this. No, I'm not going to have a divorce. No, my kids are not going to be crazy. No, I'm not going to go broke. No, I'm not going to get sick and die. This is what the Word of God says. And I'm going to begin to say out of my own mouth with my own words so that I can hear it myself and so Jacob can hear it and so Ruth can hear it and so Josiah can hear it. That God says this. The Word of God says this. Begin to use your voice to speak what the Word of God says. This is faith. You can say to this mountain, don't sit back and fold your arms and say, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because I was told if you can't say anything nice, then don't say anything at all. Let, Let me tell you this. You need to, we have a preacher friend who likes to say this, don't ever run at the devil or your enemy with your mouth closed. Open your mouth and declare the word of God in your life and in your circumstances. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever pain you have, whatever frustrations you got, begin to open your mouth and say what the word of God says and say what the word of God says about you and your situation. Okay? Keep your mouth open. Keep your mouth active. Keep your your mouth moving. You know, people tell us a lot of times, just close your mouth. Stop talking. And sometimes you do need to stop talking. Sometimes some of us let our mouth run away by saying all, the, all sorts of wrong things that we shouldn't be saying. All right? And you'll, you'll talk yourself into a bad place. You'll talk yourself into a place of no faith. You'll talk yourself into a place of worry. So there are times when you need to shut your mouth. We just need to zip it. And listen, if Pastor Jenny was here, she would tell you this too. Sometimes we've had to say to each other, you just need to stop talking right now. This, this isn't going to end the way that you think it's going to end. This isn't good for you, and it's not good for me. So why don't you just stop and then begin to say what the Word of God says. You can say to this mountain, telling you what, whatever you're dealing with in your life, you begin to quote the Word of God. You begin to speak to your mountain, and you watch that thing move in your life. Don't keep your mouth closed. Open it up. Begin to quote Scripture. I don't know any Scripture. Hey, you know who does? Google. <laughs> scriptures about peace. Scriptures about joy. Scriptures about loving your enemy. Scriptures about finances. Man, I'll tell you what, Google has a lot of answers. If you don't know a scripture, go Google it. If you can't find anything on Google, come talk to me, and I will help you find scriptures that you can hide in your heart and begin to quote and begin to say over yourself so that your mouth is open and you are using and activating your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's right, Christina. Amen. Let's go on here. We're running out of time. Holy smokes, this guy's talking forever. Um, Second half of verse 23 says, but, okay, I'm going to read all 23 again. It says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown in the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Everybody say, no doubt in your heart. No doubt in your heart. So, first of all, number one, our faith has to be in God. Second of all, our faith is activated by our words. We begin to speak and say what the Word of God says, and we're activating our faith. The third, we, third thing we see here is that faith starts in your heart. Okay? Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, What you say flows from your heart. 
what's hidden inside of your heart comes out of your mouth. So what you believe is what you will speak, what you will use your faith on. Go back two pages. Well, maybe not two pages, but go to Mark chapter 9 for a second. And I want to show you this story. And we're going to look in verse 23. It will be fast. Don't worry. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. This is the story of Jesus healing a demon-possessed boy. Okay? And so this guy came to find Jesus, and he found his disciples. Uh, the disciples couldn't cast a spirit out of this boy. Jesus shows up, and he says, what's going on? They say, I tried to get your disciples to cast a demon out of this boy. They couldn't do it. And Jesus begins to ask questions. They bring the boy to Jesus. The boy gets all rigid and falls to the ground, starts foaming at his mouth. And Jesus begins to talk to the dad. And he says, in verse 21, how long has this been happening? Jesus asks the boy's dad. And, and he says, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire and a pit of water and trying to kill him. And he says, have mercy on us and help us if you can. This is what the man says to Jesus. He says, Jesus, help us if you can. And in verse 23, I love this. Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? I feel like some of us come to Jesus like this man. I've tried everything else, Lord. Maybe help me if you can. The doctors couldn't help. The banks can't help. The counselors can't help. The school can't help. Lord, if you can do anything, can you help me? And Jesus says, what do you mean if I can? And he goes on, he says, anything is possible if a person believes. Believes in your heart, deep down inside. Anything is possible if a person believes. Now, I love this response. The father instantly cries out, and he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. The New King James says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You know what? Jesus isn't afraid of your unbelief. In fact, Jesus wants to take you from place to place to place where you could believe this far. He's like, this is all, this is all I can believe, God. This is, but I want to believe more, so help me. And he says, okay, come here, Jacob. You're, you're saying, Lord, I want to believe. Help me believe more. And this is as far as I can go. And the Lord says, well, okay, since you want to believe more, let's just take a step. So we take a step over here, and you're like, oh, this is as far as I can go, Lord. I want to believe, uh, but help me believe more. Help my unbelief. And the Lord says, okay, let's go a little bit farther. And the great thing is, is the Lord just keeps walking with you every step of the way when you're saying, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I want my faith to grow is what he's saying. I want to trust in you. I want to believe in you. You can go sit down. Thank you. I want to know you more. I want to understand you more. I want to believe those mountains in my life can move, but I can only believe this far. Lord, would you help me believe more? And the Lord is such a gracious, loving father that he doesn't say no, you little punk. Figure it out yourself. I'm so tired of helping you. You're such a mess. He shows up and he says, yes, I'll help you. I'll take you every step of the way. We'll walk there together hand in hand, watching your faith grow, watching you learn to trust in me, watching me work and move in your life, watching your eyes be open to it so you can go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. We're moving together. Lord, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. 
Lord, I believe. Listen, maybe you're at a place today where you're saying to yourself, I, I believe, but I don't believe this far. I don't believe that God can work in this. God, I don't believe that you could do this in my marriage. I don't believe you could do this in, in this area of my life. All you gotta say is, Lord, I believe. Help me believe more. Help me overcome the unbelief in my life. Help me see you in a greater way. Help me see you move mightily in my life. And he's okay with that. He wants to take you from place to place to place watching him move. Go back to Mark chapter 11. Faith starts in your heart. You must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. And he goes on here and says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. I tell you, Jesus says, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you've received it, it will be yours. I want to tell you something here. I think when me and Steve were in kids' church, when our teacher in Sunday school, read this verse to us. We were so excited. If you believe for anything, it can be yours. Oh, my Lord. Father, I need a million dollars. And back in the 80s, when we were a kid, a million dollars was a lot of money back then. Now it's like, a million dollars? Try like a billion. What am I supposed to do with a million dollars? We were so excited. I remember I was so excited. And like our teacher was like, no, you can't believe God for like a Ferrari. I think we were actually talking about a Ferrari Testarossa. Because <laughs> that was a cool car back then. It's still a cool car. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn down a Ferrari Testarossa. <laughs> still a cool car. He says, I'll tell you the truth. You can pray for anything. And if you believe you received it, it will be yours. I want to I remind you of something here. The Lord says, if you pray and believe for anything, it will be yours. I want to remind you of what 1 John says now. Because we see this often in the word of God. Where it says, God, Jesus is talking. He says, hey, if you ask for anything in my name, I'll do it. Right? But in, in um, 1 John 5, 14, it goes on and it says a little bit more. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. Anything according to his will. So when we see these verses in the Bible... The assumption as Jesus is speaking is that what you are praying and asking for isn't solely material gain for your own purposes. Isn't, Lord, make me wealthy beyond my imagination. God, do this in my life. Bring this to me. Make this for me. The, the assumption is, is that your prayers and your desires align with his desires and his will. So when you're using your faith, the place where you start is aligning your faith with what his will says. I can't tell you the amount of prayers I have heard as a pastor, and I'm sure Pastor Blake and Adrian could, could speak to this as well, because they've been pastors longer than I have, the, the amount of prayers that I've heard that are not biblical. Where people are saying, God, I just need this in my life. God, I just need $27 million. I need it so that I can go on that vacation and be refreshed. I need to go to that five-star resort. I need this. I need, I need new hair. I need the best wig that money can buy. When you pray and you ask for anything, what he's talking about, I wasn't talking about my hair. I don't need a wig. I don't know what you guys are talking about. When you're asking for anything, it's according to his will. Referring to the Lord's Prayer when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. What did he say? Your kingdom come and your will be done. 
the assumption that Jesus is making is that his followers are people that desire to see his kingdom come and his will be done. And so the assumption here is that Maddie is using her faith on things that Jesus has said we should use our faith on for healing and restoration and being set free and chains being broken off and the, and the blind coming to Jesus and the lost coming to Jesus. These are the things that God's talking about. He's not talking about you uh, just having a better house. Yes, you can believe God. God for a better house. Yes, you can watch God work and move in your life in those ways. Those are great things, but that's not the sole purpose of your faith. Use your faith and align it with what the Word of God says. Make sure what you're praying and asking the Lord for is even biblical. Let's say that. Because there's a lot of people that pray prayers or think they're praying prayers that don't even line up with the Word of God. Man, I tell you what, I have more fun than all you are. I got one more thing here I want to show you in this passage of Scripture. The last, last couple of verses. When you're praying in verse 25, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins too. The... We see this a couple times. We see this in the Lord's Prayer as well. But you see that somehow, in some way, your forgiveness of others and the effectiveness of your faith are tied together. For some reason, people really like to hold grudges. We really like to hang on to hurts. We really like to hang on to wounds and things that people have done us, done us, done us dirty by, done us wrong to us. We like to hang on to those things. But I tell you what, you cannot get away from the word of God, from Jesus himself telling us over and over again that you've got to forgive other people. And it's so important to him that he says both in the Lord's Prayer and here that if you don't forgive other people, that God won't forgive you, that God can't forgive you. And Jesus brings it up again in context of using your faith, in context of, I say to you that if you say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, it'll happen. He tells this great analogy. He says, this is what using your faith looks like. This is what using your faith could be. But I want you to remember something. If you won't forgive somebody else, your Father in heaven won't forgive you. You can't be some great faith giant walking around with unforgiveness inside of your heart. Let me say it again because that was so fun and I know you all loved it so much. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you need to begin to check it and get it out of there because your unforgiveness puts a roadblock between you and the Lord Jesus Christ because unforgiveness is walking in sin. And so you're saying, why can't the Lord hear my prayer? Why can't my faith work when there's unforgiveness in my heart? Because unforgiveness is sin and when there's sin between you and the Lord, he can't work in your life. So you've got to remove that sin. You've got to remove that unforgiveness so that God can begin to work and move in your life. Hallie's like, yes, this is the best thing I've heard today. I'm so excited about this. this, Listen. I'm closing my Bible. We can't afford to be people of faith with no faith. 
You can't call yourself a Christian if you're not walking and trusting in the Lord using your faith. Don't do it because you're not. You're a good person. Maybe you believe in Jesus, but Hebrews 11 says you can't even believe in God if you don't have faith. We're not going to be a church where we come and we talk and we feel good about ourselves and we pat ourselves on the back and we go our way. If I die tomorrow, the one thing that, one of the things that I want you to know, one of the things that I want you to remember, one of the things that I want you to work on in your own life is using your faith so that people around you see God working and moving in your life, so that you have testimonies and stories to tell about how God has worked, how God has done this. I know God's alive. I said to you at the beginning that, that you couldn't talk me out of knowing that God is alive that you couldn't talk me out of my faith, and we'd have a stalemate. I want you, my job as a pastor, as a shepherd, is to instill into you the importance of you using your own faith and walking in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So listen, when you find yourself in the middle of a storm, you're not completely lost at sea, being tossed around like by a boat from the wind and the waves. But you are anchored in your faith in Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We are going to be a church that believes in Jesus Christ. We are going to be a church that puts our faith in Jesus Christ. We are going to be a church that gets rid of unforgiveness in our heart, that walks in the fullness of the gospel of Christ, and we are going to be a church that puts our hope and our faith and our trust squarely in Jesus Christ above everything else. Stand up with me. Your faith has to be in God. Your faith is activated by your words. Please remember as you leave this place today that your words have power. Proverbs says, life and death are in the power of your tongue. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Please remember that. Speak life into your circumstances. Speak life into your situation. Speak life over your spouse. Speak life into your finances. Speak life over your body. Use your voice. Your faith has a voice. Remember that faith starts in your heart. If you believe in your heart and don't doubt, faith starts in your heart. Align your faith according to the will of God and remove unforgiveness from your heart. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.